everybody. My name is Pastor Lindsay, and I'm so glad to be with you here this morning together with my husband, Jeremy. We co-lead here at Avenue Church. I also want to welcome our online audience. Good morning. Can you guys raise your voices for online audience? Yes. We are one church with two campuses, both online and here at Buffalo, and we are so grateful that you are tuning in with us today. If you are here at Avenue for the very first time, we say welcome. We hope that you feel right at home coming onto the property this morning. You could be anywhere, just like Lorenzo said, you could be anywhere on a Sunday morning, and we are grateful and just excited and thrilled that you are here with us today. If you are a parent in the house, can I have some voices raised for the parents in the house? Yes. Yes. We either love what's happening next weekend, or we already exhausted about what's happening next weekend. We are doing trick-or-treat here at Avenue. So if you are looking for a safe environment, For your child to dress up in a kid-friendly, hear me, no scary stuff, but a kid-friendly, thank you so much, Lorenzo, a kid-friendly costume. We have that happening here next Sunday. They can come in costumes. Adults ask me, can I come in a costume? I'll let you answer that, y'all. Like, it's for Avenue kids. And so Avenue kids are going to enjoy carnival games and jumpers and candy. And thank you all for bringing in the candy donations. You guys are wonderful. We can actually keep receiving them all the way up until next week. Well, we've got Perhaps God Week 2. Perhaps God Week 2, yes, because Week 1 was amazing. Amazing. I loved it. Um, 87% of people in this room filled out a perhaps God card. Perhaps God will will do this. Perhaps the Lord will provide this. Perhaps God will move on my behalf in this situation. I got to tell you, as a staff, we came together this past week and we are crying over your cards. We are praying over your cards, believing and locking in and, and strengthening faith with you to see God move. Now you might be wondering, why do we have these on the sides of the worship experience again? Well, we put blank cards up because maybe you weren't here last week and maybe you want to join in on this, on this series where we are saying perhaps God will move, where we can stand on faith and believe for God to move mountains, believe for him to come through in ways that only he can do. And so if any time at the close of service, if you feel, you know what, I want, I want to fill a card out. I want to partner in prayer and faith with my church family and believe that God can do some wonderful things. So if that is you, you, have, you will have time at the end of the service. And so today I want to kick off week two of Perhaps God with Perhaps God. Oh, well, we also have Connect. I'm sorry, I totally forgot. I am the worst host in the world. Connect step three and four. If you are wondering, how do I get plugged in at Avenue Church? We have connect for you. We're going to teach you what it means to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. In all of this, you're going to connect to your people, your place, and your purpose. And so it's happening right after today's service, and we would love for you to be involved. So my title of today's message is called, Perhaps God Will Give Me the Desires of My Heart. Perhaps God Will Give Me the Desires of My Heart. And it comes from Psalm 37. David wrote this. He said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. You know, I remember when the Lord did something in my life, uh, Jeremy and I actually this coming Thursday, we are celebrating 14 years of marriage. Yes, yes, he's a yes, (laughs) absolutely. In fact, I have some throwback pictures because I can. Um, Can you pop up our wedding picture? We've got it in there. Can we show? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? 
I'm about 17 pounds heavier and Pastor Jeremy's 70 pounds lighter. And that's why ladies don't like men, right? We get so mad at you. We don't hate you. We hate your metabolism because you can just decide to push one meal away and you lost 10 pounds. We, we can't do that. But we have one more. Look at that. Right? Happy anniversary, honey. <laughs> All right. 14 years. Let's go back to the scripture. 14 years. But I remember when we first got married, we had a five-year plan. So 14 years ago, before we ever said I do, we actually went through premarital counseling and we talked, encouraged a lot of conversations. And in our premarital counseling, we made a, a decision together that we would not have babies for the first five years of marriage because there were things that we wanted to do without children. But I remember only one year into marriage, this overwhelming desire came into my heart for motherhood. This desire to want to nurture, to create, to love. It was overwhelming. I remember sharing it with Jeremy and I said, I don't know what this is. And I know we had a five-year plan, but only 12 months in, this is how I'm feeling. And I really believe this is a God desire. And so he agreed and, and we went from there. But at that moment, I had no idea, not a clue, what that God-given desire in my life would bring me through. I had no idea the journey that it would take me over the last 13 years. And over the last 13 years, I have learned some encouraging lessons about desire, but I've also learned some heavy lessons, some heartbreaking lessons. And this morning, I want to share with you some of the lessons that I've learned over the last 13 years when it comes to desire, because delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. The first lesson that I learned is that there is a difference between desires, wants, and needs. We have to understand that. We have to comprehend that there is a difference between a desire, between a want, and between a need. And if we do not get this right, if we cannot differentiate between these things, this is what's going to happen. We will unknowingly create unfair expectations and experience unnecessary disappointments in our relationship with Jesus. So if we are taking our perhaps God and we are putting it all on a want, we are creating unfair expectations and unnecessary disappointments in our relationship with Jesus. Why didn't you come through, God? Well, because maybe that was just a want and not necessarily a desire of the heart or godly desire or a need. So I gotta tell you the difference. There is a, a need. Let's, let's talk about needs. A need is something that I must have. Can you say it? Say must have. It's a must have need. It is a need for survival. It's essential for survival. It means that some of us think that caffeine, right, is essential for our survival. All the adults in the room are like, yes, caffeine is essential for my survival. But when I talk about survival needs that are essential for our lives, I'm talking about a roof over your head, food in your stomach, right? Clothing on your back. Maybe not designer clothing, but clothing. Healthcare is an essential need. These are needs. And hear me, needs are limited. They're limited. Needs are absolutely essential and they are absolutely limited, but let's talk about wants. I love Zillow. Can I just make a confession? I love Zillow. Before there was even an app, I loved Zillow. But before there was Zillow, I used to love going into model homes that were so beyond my budget. And I would roll up in my hoopty car, right? Those of you who are under the age of 20, hoopty means ghetto. And I would roll up in my ghetto little car knowing that the sales manager knew without a shadow of a doubt, this girl can't afford this house, why is she here? But I would walk in with my, my shoulders back and my head held high, and I would come in and say, so what brings you in here today? And I'm sure she knew nothing brings you in here today, girl. 
But I had a story prepared in my mind. I would tell her I am here for the in-laws. Every single time I would use my in-laws because I may be young, but my in-laws are not young and they're well-to-do. And I would tell them they live out of state, but we would love for them to move to Las Vegas. So I'm looking for them, right? I'm looking for someone whose budget can afford this home. And I would go and somebody like, oh my God, Pastor Lindsay, you lied? Well, there was a potential that my in-laws could move to Las Vegas and that they could retire anytime. But thank the Lord for Zillow because I don't have to sin anymore and I got to repent. And now I get to look online at houses that are 10 times my budget and just sit and scroll. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. But I would walk through these model homes. He would do it with me. And we were <laughs> 14 years of marriage. But we'd walk through these model homes and we'd start to dream up this wish list, right? Ooh, do I want a pool? Y'all, it's Vegas. It's hot. You need access to a pool. Do I want custom cabinets? And nowadays, ooh, do I want them to be white, right? Do I want a soaker tub? Not a, what I call the belly button bathtub. Not that standard size tub. You want a soaker tub. And do I want a fireplace? Oh yes, only for two months out of the year in Las Vegas. I don't care. I want the pretty mantle. And I don't want a tile fireplace. I want a brick fireplace. And I don't want it just to be red brick. I want it white brick because that's in. Joanna Gaines coined that as modern Mediterranean. I want, I want, I want, I want. See, the difference between needs and wants are that wants are not essential and they're limitless. We've got Pinterest boards with limitless, hidden Pinterest boards with limitless wants, right? I remember, I'm about to age myself. I remember when you wanted to go to another country or a place that you've never visited. I remember when you had to get into your car, make time in your day to drive to Barnes and Noble and you had to get out of your car and go to the information booth where a real live breathing person would be there and you would say, I would love to have a book on Europe. And they'd say, well, what country in Europe? You're like, I don't know, somewhere beautiful and warm and nice to travel in June. Can you help me? And they'd like, oh, that sounds like France. That's gorgeous. Let me take you over to a book. There was no Google. There was no uh, blogs from people that have already been there. You actually had to work. Maybe there was the travel channel, but you had to wait until the show came on to actually watch it. There was no streaming. We had to work to find things. Why do I say that? Because we are visually stimulated all over the place. Our appetite for wants is so, so fueled by anything. We are a click, a Surrey voice, right? Siri, hey Siri, show me pictures of Europe. We are just moments away from whatever we want, right? And it's just not how it should be. Our, our imagination is kicked into overdrive. Do you know when, when David said that, and I will give you the desires of your heart, right? That's saying God will give you the desires of your heart when you delight in him. He's not talking about wants. He's not even necessarily talking about needs. Do you know I've been a Christian for 19 years? 19 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. I've been in full-time ministry for 17 years. And how have I kept my life and my heart in check being a Christian? How have I made, made sure that my wants don't overtake my appetite for things? It's been tithing. I have tithed off of every paycheck for the last 19 years. Every, every paycheck, I have given the first tenth of that to the Lord. And here's what I want to share with you. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Do we have that? We do. It says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. 
that there may be food in my house. This is what the Lord is saying. Test me in this. Now, I find it so interesting. That, that word tenth, right? We know that a tenth of our income or a tenth of our increase is the tithe. And that has been set aside a long, long time ago. And so the tenth actually means a test. So it's not just a percentage, it's actually a test of the heart. So test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store. Do you know that a tithe tests God, but it also tests the heart? So a tithe, God is saying, if you give the increase, if you bring that portion of the increase into the house of the Lord, test me in this and see if I will not pour out the floodgates of heaven so much that you cannot have room to store it. But on the flip side of that, there's also a test for my heart because this tenth has kept my heart in check that I am not overly hungry for the things that I can take into my life through materialism, but to always say, okay, God, does this align with what you want from my life? I mean, there's nothing wrong with treating yourself or if you have the finances, absolutely, I'm not against that. But it keeps my heart in check in a visually stimulated world that screams appetite, appetite, appetite. Does that make sense, friends? So when David said, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, he wasn't talking about this stimulation appetite. He was actually saying that godly desire is formed from the overflow of a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's saying that when you get up close and personal to the person of Jesus Christ, when you lean into him, his heart becomes your heart. His ways become your ways. His thoughts become our thoughts. And we begin to have these desires that we have no idea what is coming over us. But now this is something that I want in my life. Now this is something that I'm desiring to go after in my life. It's, a, it's an overflow from that. See, 13 years ago, I had that overwhelming desire for motherhood, and hear me, that was not my human nature. You may know me now, and I'm a lover of people. I'm a lover of Jesus, and I'm a lover of people. I love people. But if you were to rewind 13 years ago, I was not this nurturing, creative individual. Often my love for people was very conditional, not unconditional. So I knew that when God was putting this desire in my heart to create and to love and to nurture and to raise up, I knew that was not of Lindsay because it was not reflective of my nature whatsoever. And that's what happens when we lean into Jesus. That's what happens when we commit our life and our ways to him. His heart becomes our heart. His way becomes our ways. And so I find it so interesting that God's desire, it reflects the will of God. So this godly desire that we have coming up in our lives, it reflects the will of God. It supports the plans of God and it reveals the heart and the character of God. And you will see the fruit of it. Hear me, you will see the fruit of this in your life in a committed relationship with Jesus. See, David was referring to desires that when put in front of something, I wanna share this with you, okay? If you're wondering, if you're wondering, how do I know if my desires are reflecting the will of God? How do I know if, if, if it's really showing who Jesus is, what his plans are, how do I do it? I call it the mirror test. If you were to take your, I'm sorry, I'm like blinding some of you. If you were to take, your desire, and put it in front of a mirror, and you were to look at the reflection of that desire, would you see yourself? Would you see your plans, your future, your wants? Would you see your needs? Would you see everything that you want? Or would you see the character, the plans, the will of God? I call it the mirror test. 
And so, you know, last week we, we put up these perhaps God cards. And hear me, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And I would even ask ourselves, maybe there's a heart thing that God wants to do in us that I need to lean in him a little bit more so my desires reflect more of him and less of me. Amen? Amen. I've learned some lessons about this in Hebrews chapter 11. It says this, now faith brings our hopes, right? Our perhaps God moments, they need faith because faith brings our hopes into reality and it becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. What does the evidence require to prove what is unseen? It's faith. It's faith. And perhaps God, friends, is going to require some faith. So I've learned this about wants. Self-serving desires, they're always going to demand more. If you are are fulfilling self-serving desires, going after self-serving desires, and let me give you an example. Maybe it's the career choice. And what you really need is purpose, but you're chasing a bigger paycheck. But you need to feed the purposes that God has placed in front of you, but you're just looking at wages, wages, wages. Bonuses, bonuses, bonuses. Income, income, income. Maybe that's an example of this, that self-serving desires will always demand more. But hear me, Jesus-serving desires are more than enough. They're more than enough. And I will give you the desires of your heart. See, if God is going to give, that means that we're going to receive. Amen? We are going to receive. But there is a process that we have to go through. Another lesson that I learned about desires is desire doesn't have a specific delivery date. That's tough. That's tough. We're used to Amazon, right? I'm a Prime member. I want one to two days shipping, and it's free, right? And a lot of times we approach God the same way. Um, I'm a Prime member, Lord. I pray. Come on, some of y'all like, I even fast, Lord, right? I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. I think that qualifies as a Prime member. Where is my expedited shipping of my perhaps God card, right? Is that a real struggle, or am I just talking to myself? That is a real struggle. That the time, be, the time that I confess it, say it, believe it, some of us, it's so hard to even attach words to the desires that God has put in our hearts. But we get enough boldness and strength to want to say it. But the time that it gets delivered, we don't control that space. Whew, that's hard. That is hard. One of the hardest lessons I've learned about this is that God, the desires, <laughs> the godly desires, they don't have a specific delivery date. They do for him, but they don't for you. They don't for you. I remember 13 years ago, we said yes to the desire that God was placing in my life for motherhood, to create, to nurture, all those things. It took me three years to get pregnant with our first child. And we lost that baby. Many of you know that story. We lost that baby. And I remember being so disappointed because when you feel that a desire has finally arrived in your life, right? You've got your perhaps God moment that you think you have. And then it just crumbles and it wasn't it. I remember not being angry with the Lord, but being brokenhearted with the Lord. And two months later after that, we got pregnant with Levi. And if you've ever lost a child, to be able to have a child to hold in your arms, to be able to experience that is incredible. I never knew I could love somebody so much. I love Levi so, so much. But he was not the fulfillment of that desire. God emplaced in me a great capacity to love and to create and to nurture. And I knew when I held that healthy baby boy in my arms that he was not the fulfillment of the godly desires that the Lord had placed in my life. 
What do I do with that? See, I remember another lesson that I want to share with you, that God will encourage you in the process of your desires. When we had Levi, this was back in 2011, I still had the desire to create, to nurture, to love more children. And I could not get pregnant. For the life of me, I I could not get pregnant. And I remember one day, we were in a series just like this. My, My church where we were associate pastors at, we were in a faith series. And we were believing for God to move on our behalf through prayers. And so I was writing on my prayer, that same prayer that I wrote down on the card here too. And I remember during worship, I was lifting up my hands. Hear me, you can still lift up heavy hands in worship. You can still take a broken heart to the Lord in worship. It's not easy, but you can still make the decision to lift up heavy hands. And I was singing. And if you stand by me in worship, you know I can't sing, but I was singing and I was praising and I was just pouring my heart out to him. When the Lord said this to me, I heard it clear as day. Lindsay, I know the days, the months, the years that your children will be apart. Friends, can I tell you that sometimes it just takes one word from the Lord to keep you going. Sometimes it just takes one moment in your, in your one word in your time of desperation to keep you in the process of your godly desire. I didn't get pregnant again until 2015, and I lost that baby too. I can tell you that I know the struggles of godly desire. I know the struggles of believing that the Lord has put something in your life and then not seeing it work out the way that you thought it would work out. I understand the struggle. And I've had those moments where I have wanted to just chuck that desire out the window. On the Enneagram, I said Enneagram, not pentagram. It's not like scary Enneagram. I'm an eight. What does that mean? It means it's showing my motivations. As an eight, if you are an eight in this room or if you know anything I'm talking about, I wanted to violently chuck my desire out the window because an unhealthy eight gets pretty upset. And I just wanted wanted to be done. So if you've ever wanted to be done waiting on the Lord, I know what it's like to be done waiting on the Lord for a godly desire. But this is what the Lord did for me. I wasn't rescued from my pain. I was sustained through my pain. Friends, I have to tell you, that sometimes you won't be rescued from your pain. You will be sustained through your pain and he will continue to encourage you through those. Do you know that the word of God is filled with daily encouragements for you? The word of God from front to back is filled with promises upon promises. I love that Pastor Jeremy said, these are not divine suggestions. These are promises for your life. That is what we cling to. That is what we cling to. I remember when we started the church, we'd lost that baby in 2015. And in 2016, we made plans to open Avenue. And on February 12th, 2017, we opened our doors here at Avenue Church. Yes, it's awesome. That's awesome. And from day one, I have been over Avenue Kids at, at our church. From before we opened the doors to, to, to creating it and planning it, the curriculum, everything, the room designs. I have been in charge of that since before we opened. And it was about two years into our church plan. I'm being very transparent with you. I had never done children's ministry before. Up at that time, I had been in ministry for 15 years and I had never been over kids. I've done a plethora of things in ministry, but never children's. And I went to the Lord about, right before Avenue was about to turn two years old. And I said, Lord, why do I have something in my hand 
that is not in my heart. I was struggling. Sometimes the Lord has us doing things that we don't quite understand why we're doing it. I was lacking joy. I was lacking fulfillment. I was busy doing God's business, yes, but I was missing something in my life. And so instead of getting upset about it and just taking off like some of us do, I got up one morning with my iced coffee. I do not drink hot coffee, even if it is freezing outside. I drink it iced. And that morning I sat in my chair, ready to spend time with Jesus. And I asked him, why is children's ministry in my hand and not in my heart? Because I have an issue with that, God. And he answered me so quickly that it it, it threw me off. It startled me. He said, because you're ministering to the family that you thought you would have. And he was so right. I would have had a baby in every grade that we offered here at Avenue. Heartbreaking. When he answered so quickly, I didn't even know what to say. Pastor Jeremy meets me every morning for coffee. I started streaming tears down my face, like that silent, just weeping. I kid you not, my husband started to come into the living room with his coffee. He looked at me, turned right back around. Some of y'all think being married to a pastor, you're going to get ministered to more. Not that morning. <laughs> he was like, no devil, not today. I'm not caffeinated enough. I'm, you just, you do you. Just he, he tells me now, I just wanted to give you space. I'm like, okay, babe, whatever. But he walked away. And so I remember in my pajamas, it's like six o'clock in the morning. I took my iced coffee. I got my car keys. And in my PJs, I drove to the edge of my community. And I cried. I cried so hard. And I said, God, you either heal my heart or you remove this from me because I'm not going to do it like this anymore. Can I tell you, I remained in children's ministry for another 24 months before Brittany Fink came. I stayed for another 24 months. Let me tell you this. Desire is a process, but it can be fulfilled in a moment. And so you may be getting frustrated, right? You may get anxious sitting in your seat, waiting for God to bring a desire about in your life. But he may be so kind, God may be so kind and so patient that he looks down on us and says, maybe you can't handle that desire right now. Maybe there's some things in your life that I need to stretch and increase your capacity and increase your heart and your love. Because baby, if I bring that desire into your life, it would be more of a burden than a blessing because you're not ready. Friends, we don't want premature desires. We want desires that are ready to go and we're ready to go with it. And so there was something that God needed to work out with me. See, I never knew when I said yes to that desire of motherhood, I never knew where God was going to take me with it. I had been experiencing so much heartache and then 2020 came. Well, that was a tickle from God. No, I'm just kidding. That was awful. And it wasn't from God. But 2020 was awful. And in the middle of a pandemic, when our church could not meet in person, but was being filmed in our garage, somebody came to Jeremy and I, and they asked to meet with us. And she came and said, Lindsay, I have this women's conference birthed in my heart, and we can't meet in person. But I love what Avenue Church is doing. Will you do our women's conference? I laughed at her, you guys. I, like We were on lockdown. We couldn't even meet at a coffee shop. She went through a drive-thru, brought me my coffee. We're in my backyard. And she says, will you produce our women's conference? And I, went, <laughs> I go, do you know where we film Avenue Church week after week? Oh, I don't know, but it looks amazing. Can I show you? 
where we film at Avenue Church week after week. I said, put your mask on, girlfriend. We're going to my house. And we walked through my kitchen, past my bathroom, and into my garage. Because that is where we filmed Avenue week after week during the pandemic. And she goes, I'll take it. And I'm like, because you think you're getting a bargain for it, don't you? <laughs> it's in a garage. Friends, it was so bad that we had to turn off the AC to be able to film our sections. In fact, we had to schedule all these women speakers to come in early in the morning, only one a week, because we knew we had to turn the AC off to be able to record them. And we knew if we got to about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock in the afternoon, that it would be 90 degrees in that room and they would not last. So week by week, we filmed each woman for this conference. And on June 25th, 2020, a woman walked into my house because she was scheduled to speak. I didn't know her. I knew her face because she was on the, the marketing materials. But here is a stranger in my home. And she begins to share with me that she has a special little boy in her life that she's had since he was just an infant. And that she knew that God had big plans for this little boy. And those plans included a transition, a change from her caring for him to a mom and a dad to care for him. And so that day we filmed her and God did something amazing. Because if you think about it, in the middle of a pandemic, when all of us are shut off from each other, when we're all distanced, God chose to bring about a perhaps God moment in my life where this woman walks into my kitchen, shares her story, does her speaking and leaves. And we talk on the phone just 24 hours later. And she says, I know that when I look at you and I know that when you looked at me, we knew that you were called to be that little boy's mom. And I want you and your husband and your son to adopt this little boy. Because I know that I know that I know that I have been praying and I have been believing. In fact, other people have come to me and asked to adopt him. And I said no, because it wasn't right. But the moment I walked into your kitchen in a time of lockdown and brokenness, I took one look at you and I knew you were his mother. You were his mother. Perhaps God moments, they're not delayed friends. They're in process. They are in process. Your promises, your desires are in process. What would have happened if that morning when I told the Lord, I don't like this feeling of children's ministry in my hand and not in my heart. What if what have happened if instead of taking that prayer drive with my coffee and my tears, what would have happened if I wouldn't have said, heal my heart? What would have happened if I would have just quit? I'll tell you, I wouldn't have learned to love unconditionally children that did not belong to me. I wouldn't have learned how to open my heart and my soul and my time and my resources and my home and my energy to a child who I did not birth, but who was always intended for me. God can bring your desire. And while you're going through the process, it feels like a lifetime. I'm there. It feels like a lifetime, but it can happen and be fulfilled in a moment, in a moment. So here's what I want us to do as we close today. Because my goal is this, is I want us to ask ourselves, what are the desires in my heart? Are they a reflection of me? Do they reflect what I want in my life, my to-do list? 
or are they reflective of His will and His plans that are greater and with more purpose and with more intentions that will bless more people, that will reach more people, that will make a greater difference in my life? I want us to do a heart check of our desires. The Bible says that great, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I know we're searching for purpose. We're searching for God to put these desires. So here's my question. Do you have desires that you need to surrender to the Lord? Do you have a desire or desires that need to be given back to Jesus? Because hear me, surrender is not abandonment of your desire. It's a realignment. It means I'm going to align my desire, Lord, with your will. I'm going to align my desire with your ways. Never in my life did I ever think that the promises of your children, I know the days, the months, the years, never in my human mind did I ever think that meant adoption. I didn't. I thought it meant waiting and waiting for that baby to finally be conceived, to be able to grow healthy in my womb and then be delivered into my arms. I thought that's what that always meant. I had no idea that it was gonna include a three-year-old little boy full of life and full of love. So this morning, do you need to surrender, not abandon, but surrender your desire for alignment? Second thing is this, you're gonna need some spiritual muscles for perhaps God. We're being, going to be walking into some faith moments here at Avenue Church where we are believing for the impossible. We're believing for God to do what he says he's going to do throughout the word of God. And this is not for the faint of heart. This is, I'm gonna need to bulk up my spiritual muscles. I'm gonna need to start today. I'm gonna need to get into my Bible, whether it's the Bible app or a paperback Bible. I need to be in my word. I need to learn what it means to pray. And hear me, that just means talking to Jesus. I need to be able to speak to him, talk to him. I need to connect with him. So this is what we're gonna do. If you could stand up on your feet, we're gonna take a moment to connect with our Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God who provides. And if you are in this room and you're saying, Lord, I am lacking that desire. I am lacking godly things to come out of my life. We're gonna ask Jesus to put those in us now. We're gonna ask him to lean in. And if you feel that the Lord is giving you something, I want you to write it on a card and we are going to pray for you. But also if you are standing in this room and you're saying, God, my desires haven't felt right. I'm so sorry, God, they've been self-serving desires and I wanna turn them back over to you. And I wanna place them in your hands. And I'm not abandoning these things, but I'm leaving them out of the feet of Jesus so you can align them with your will. You can align them with your plans. So church, right now, if you feel comfortable, would you please lift your hands? And dear Heavenly Father, across this room, our hearts are open. God, would you do what only you can do? Align us, dear Heavenly Father, birth dreams and visions and desires that only you could do. Let's worship together. Dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor. How much more will he clothe you? How much more will he clothe you? And if he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? How much? Yeah, let's believe this this morning. If he dresses the lilies. With beauty and splendor, how much more will he call you? How much more will he call you? And if he watches over, oh, 
so much that you're enough. I thank you, Lord, that you are not taking us by the hand to lead us to disappointment. You're taking us by the hand and you're walking with us up on mountaintops and down through valleys. You never leave us. I feel like someone needs to hear that right now, that God has been with you every single step of the time. And his love is not, it's not relying upon your love back for him. He cannot abandon you. He cannot forsake you. He cannot say, nope, you've done too much, sister. Nope, you're making me upset, brother, because he cannot depart from who he is. And that is faithful. So even when we are unfaithful, He is faithful. And so I believe, come on, and I declare over Avenue Church that we are going to believe again. We are going to dream again. We are going to declare that there are perhaps God moments still to be had. If you are breathing, you are not done. If there is a heartbeat going on in your chest right now, God wants to use you. The Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the entire earth, looking for hearts that He can strongly support. Marlon, you're a heart that God can strongly support. 
And I believe that God has looked on you with favor and that he is going to birth so many wonderful desires and they're not just for you to carry. It's gonna be a general, a generational blessing for your family. It's gonna be for your son and your daughter and your wife and their children's children. I believe it's gonna leave a legacy. So every burden that you've been carrying on your own, I believe God is going to mark that with blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. And it is going to have a ripple effect of just bountiful, bountiful things. God, for your children and your children's children, I thank you for blessing him. Father, I thank you. If you were here today and you're saying, man, this sounds great to have some purpose. Sounds wonderful that God will give you the desires of my heart, but I don't know him, but I want to. You feel this, this little, you don't know explain it, but it's like this urge, like I want to take a step, but I don't know quite what to do. Well, let me take that step with you. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you are in this room today and you're saying, I have not committed my life to Jesus, but today I would like to make that commitment. If that is you and you would like me to pray with you today to say yes to Jesus, yes to his salvation, would you please raise your hand? Raise it, awesome, awesome, I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand, absolutely. We do this as a church family. Would you pray with me, please? Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for giving your life for me on the cross. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Make me new today. I ask that you would show me what it means to walk with you. I know who you say I am. Help me to see who you say I am. Come on, I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Amen and amen.